0: From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland Edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion, Disneyland Edition, for the week of May 22nd, 2011. I'm your host this week, Nancy Johnson, joined by fellow Disneyland correspondents Tom Bell, Tony Spatel, and Mr. Wayne Toygo. In this week's show, Tony's going to talk to us about the new Star Tours attraction reopening at Disneyland in the coming weeks, and... Mr. Tom is going to be talking with us about his recent trip to Walt Disney World and sharing a few things. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Disneyland Diz Unplugged. Okay. Hey, everybody. How are we doing?
1: Good. <laughs> good. good. Great.
0: Okay. I'm having a sucky host night, so we'll just keep it moving on on going here. Um, yeah.
2: yeah, we'll cover for you.
0: Oh, very, very nice. Very nice. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess we'll. Um, it's it's been a hugely busy week here at Disneyland. So let's get started off with any housekeeping.
2: Well, I think we should remind people about our Tinkerbell half marathon challenge
1: that's hanging out there.
0: Very good point. <laughs> An Very interesting
1: point. use of the word "hanging out there." Okay. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll
0: okay. What are we doing as far as totals? Do you have them, Tom?
2: I don't have them in front of me. It's, oh it, darn it. It's, so it's not. Point. It's not where it needs to be.
1: Pick up those. Keep
0: the money oh, coming, keep, folks. We really want Tony keep, to keep the get cards
2: and letters coming.
0: Get it going here.
1: And I'm almost to the point where I'm actually going to share it with people outside of the Diz community. I'm mm. slowly accepting it.
0: Well, as long as you accept it by January, Tony, I think we're good. Okay, now before we get to the news, I want to take a, a second out. Um, all of us would like to send our thoughts and prayers to everyone out there who's been affected by the tornado tragedies in the midwest um please stay safe and for those of you um who have been affected with um the passing of relatives we
3: we really feel for you
0: okay let's go into news wayne you've got it this week right
3: Yes, ma'am. Okay. We all know that many things are about to kick off at the Disneyland Resort, but that shouldn't stop us from making plans for later in the year also. Advanced sale tickets for Mickey's trick-or-treat party are now on sale. You bet. Once again, there are discounts for annual pass holders. Tickets are regularly between $59 and $64 for the night of the event. Mickey's Trick-or-Treat Party begins Friday, September 30th, and runs on selected nights through Monday, October 31st. We'll have a lot more information on this later in the summer, and if it's anything like last year, it's going to be great again. Nancy had a, and it, I had a oh wonderful God. time.
0: We had so much fun. We'll have to find out, too, if they're going to offer that Halloween tour again this year. Absolutely. Um, it's like the... It's a special haunted attractions kind of thing.
3: Maybe we could get, like, everybody going out this time.
1: That would be fun. That'd be well, fun. you know, I went, too, and I had fun, even though I didn't go with you guys.
3: I know you did. That's what I'm saying. We should all go together.
1: Go together. So, really, Tom, it's Tom's fault that we didn't all oh, go. Oh, okay.
3: Things are definitely changing at Disney California Adventure. We've seen some recent menu changes that will be introduced as part of the billion-dollar makeover. One of those changes includes selling alcoholic beverages at the Glow and Electronica nighttime street parties. Well, beginning July 1st, Disney will open the new Bayside Brews kiosk in Paradise Pier. The (laughs) The food stand will serve warm pretzels and various types of domestic and specialty beers. Yay including Sierra Nevada and Carl Strauss. Beer is also being served in the Pacific Wharf area. And lastly, the World of Color show has been updated again. Over the weekend, a new scene from Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides was added into the show. It actually replaced the Night on Bald Mountain sequence. The Pirates scene uses the shooting fire effects, and also those laser effects that were previously used in the TronCore segment. There is also an appearance by Rapunzel and Flynn Rider from Tangled a little later Yay. in the show. I saw a little uh, YouTube on it. It's, uh, it's, it's not a bad addition. I think adding these special scenes will be a regular thing for World of Color, and we can probably expect them regularly. Okay. And that'll do it for the news this week.
0: Okay, thanks a bunch, Wayne. Now, Rapid Fires. Let's see, who's going to go first this week?
1: Okay, fine. Okay, Okay, I'll go.
0: Tony, Tony.
1: So they they can rest. Um, Okay, Blue Sky Cellar at Disney California Adventure has some new additions. These include a new updated aerial view of the park, in which you can see the progress being made in Cars Land, Paradise Pier, and the park's new entrance that's taking shape. There are also new attraction posters for The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, Goofy Sky School, and Grizzly River Run. These posters are designed in the style of the traditional Disney theme park attractions posters, and they will be available in spring 2012. So for you collectors, that's cool, and there's
3: really cool stuff
1: to see at the Blue Sky Cellar, including these new additions. Love it.
3: Cool. The aerials really impressive. It's um it's amazing how big Cars Land really is. It, it it's almost the same size as the whole Paradise Pier and Lake area. It's wow. going to be enormous. It's very cool.
0: Okay. So, one down. Who's next? crickets again yay (laughs) that's what i give for hosting okay
2: take charge nancy take charge all
0: right so i'm gonna go next then since nobody else wants to do it so i have a horrible girly shopping thing um geez
2: (laughs) call us when you're done
0: yeah well you know it's kind of interesting um You know, they took out Kids and Kids, the real high-end, expensive kids' merchandise store down between AMC and the Disneyland Hotel, and they've replaced it with a new upscale boutique that specializes in girls-to-women's clothing um, called Apricot Lane. And this is actually a fairly um, quickly growing company, California-based, and they are opening like... Thirty to forty stores throughout the country in, uh, and they have ninety stores already in twenty-eight states. So the newest one is coming here to downtown Disney. They like to say that they get the hottest fashions quicker than anybody. So w- what they're aiming for is the market that wants to look like you know people on music videos, people in the movies, whatever celebrities are wearing. So. I'm, the thing I'm a little concerned about in that location is the price pointing because they're talking about like jeans are going to be highest priced at $200 and most clothing items under 100 as a cap. So I'm a, a little concerned about if they're really going to hit their target market. But Roxy and, and the Tommy Bahama store certainly have the same pricing on their clothes and they seem to be doing okay. So who knows if this will work. Where They've certainly this? had a lot of trouble. This is the skinny little white building directly across from um, ESPN. The one that has compass books on the other half, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, kind of nondescript building.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, it's, um, it's kind of a, it's, we'll see if this one's a hit or a miss. You know, we'll see. That's all I got to say about it. Cool. Okay, next, next, next.
3: Bye, well, I can take one.
0: Okay.
3: For my rapid fire, I wanted to catch everyone up on the upcoming summer schedule. There's a lot of things going on. Dates are everywhere. And I just wanted to remind everybody where we are and what's coming up. Tangaroa Terrace and Trader Sam's, the Enchanted Tiki Bar, is opening this week. It opens on Wednesday, May the 25th. They're also advertising that the new monorail water play area is also opening on the 25th. I saw some construction photos, and I don't know if they're going to make that. Maybe they'll pull together a few things and actually do it. But it is scheduled to open this Wednesday also. Mickey's Sensational Parade starts this Thursday, May 26th. Normal parade times are 2 p.m. and 4.30 p.m. Splash Mountain is scheduled to open the next day on Friday, May 27th, as is the Magical Fireworks Show. That's also starting on Friday. Now, Star Tours The Adventure Continues officially opens on Friday, June the 3rd. I've heard there may be some previews. Hmm, maybe we'll hear about that a little later. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. On that same Friday, The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, also opens to the public. I have not heard as much about early openings or previews on this one yet. Both uh, Star Tours and Little Mermaid on Friday, June the 3rd.
0: Little Mermaid's already had its cast preview. I do know that much.
1: I can, little bird. I can confirm that because I sat, I've talked to cast
3: members, too. So maybe they're close also. And then later, next uh, the month after, Goofy's Sky School opens on July 1st, and also Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta and the new Paradise Garden Grill will also open on July 1st. Cars Land and Buena Vista Street will, is right now scheduled to open in tw- 2012. And that's what you're gonna what you're looking at calendar wise.
1: That means i got to get over to the, I'm not going to say it right, the Tangaroa Terrace.
3: Tarangoa Terrace.
2: Hey, Wayne, on the Sensational Parade, what times did you have for that? Was it, did you say 2 I, and 4.30? 2
3: o'clock and 4.30 okay. p.m.
2: P. I, I, I hate to correct you, but that that is correct for the first day on Thursday, but the normal times on that are going to be 4 o'clock and 6.30 p.m.
3: Thank you for that. Uh-huh. That's good to know.
0: Okay. So, is that everything in the schedule? Because that's a lot.
2: That is a lot.
3: I know. There's a lot of stuff all happening at the... We're going to have very close. Nice busy, busy podcasts.
0: And, and let's remind folks, too, that it's not summer night-tastic here this year.
2: It is sensational summer.
0: Yes. And and I've heard a lot of people battering about, oh, are you guys having summer night-tastic, too? Aren't we the people that came up with that? I just... That's when I was just... It's that whole Disneyland-Disney World pet peeve thing. (sighs) Anyway. All right, my turn? (laughs) No, yes.
2: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Jeez. All right. Uh, Guess my – this is my rapid fire. We're moving on. Yes. I'm taking over now. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Guests checking into any one of the Disneyland Resort hotels starting June 3rd will receive two Fast Pass tickets for each registered guest, three and older, in your party per stay. The FastPass tickets will allow interest to the FastPass return line on any FastPass attraction, including, now get this, a special temporary Fast Pass return line for the Little Mermaid Aerial's Undersea Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, separate theme park admission of is required, of course. And that offer is valid from June 3rd through September 5th. Yes. So, so there's not normally a, a fast pass for Ariel, but if you have one of these special fast pass tickets, you can get on
1: quicker. It seems like they're really starting to plus the give the advantages the people that are staying at the hotels. Right. I mean, they're doing
2: the same thing with the fast
1: passes for World of Color, giving them an extra half hour in the morning to. Do you, Do you guys think that's a permanent thing, or it's because of the construction and everything opening, and we don't want and there's so many pass holders, so we want to appease the people that are just spending all the money, and that when everything is completed with California Adventure and everything's kind of normal again, that they might not do it? Or do you think this is something that's going to keep going further
4: down th- this
2: road? I, th- I think it might be that they're just playing with ideas and seeing what sticks.
0: I think it's a way to handle the summer crowds. Because let's face it, they've got a lot of stuff reopening in a lot of areas, because once um, Goofy Sky School and stuff like that's open, that finishes Paradise Pier. That's true. And and that section of the park is done now, so you've got more people realizing that and coming back.
1: Does anybody have a problem with it? I'm not saying I do. I'm just I, throwing it out there. I, you know, because... I, go um, ahead. I, I think it's
2: it looks better on paper. Two fast passes for your entire stay is that's not true. really that big of a benefit.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: But if it helps you get on Little Mermaid and Star Tours. Yeah. That You know, those are the ones that people who are going to come this summer and stay at the ho- premium hotels are going to be disappointed if they have to wait in a stupidly crazy long line.
1: Okay, to go on the other side, Wayne, I know you don't normally stay necessarily in the Disney hotels. Would this be enough to get you to stay in the Disney Hotel?
3: I don't know if it'd be enough to push me over the edge, but it'd certainly be a good perk if you were there.
1: Okay, I'm just, you know, doing a little research here, writing my notes, okay? I got it. Okay, just asking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you would put value on
2: two fast pass tickets.
0: That depends on what your heart was set on. Yeah. If you
2: had three little girls in your party, maybe.
0: Well, aren't aren't they having star fast pass machines on star tours too? Yeah, but but any guest can get those. Well, I know, but still, it it guarantees you know it guarantees. I mean, what let's talk about when the fast passes sell out? Because what do we see a lot of times in the park on peak season? You know, indie fast pass will be out by one o'clock. It's true. And space mountain fast passes will be out. So when you consider the value of this new attract you know newly reopened attraction
3: Is it two fast passes per day or is it just two for the stay? For
1: the stay. That's it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, ever forget everything I just said. This whole long conversation is just a waste of time then. Two for the whole stay, that's nothing special.
2: Yeah. Like I said, other than the temporary fast pass line for Mermaid.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Okay. Well, thank you very much for that, Tom. Tony, you want to go first with the topic on everybody's um, lips this week?
1: As everybody knows, Star Tours 2 is about to reopen with the new plus attraction that it is. And, of course, being an AP, an annual pass holder, I entered the contest and I didn't win. So I was very disappointed. But then, and so they started doing the um, annual pass holder previews. Is it Thursday or did they start on Friday? Guys, can you help me out there? I think yeah. it was thir- I think it was Friday.
0: Friday, it was Friday.
1: Okay, it was Friday. Well, lo and behold I got a text thanks to the disboards and everything from Tom. And you know, I li- I work in Anaheim. I was getting ready I'm you know, leaving the classroom and it said there- rumor is they're soft opening star tours. So I went there immediately and sure enough there were people with their AP pass holder discount not discount, um their, their winning like little uh Tickets. Pin. And then there was everybody else just getting in line like it was no big thing. It was just a sneak preview. So I thought that was pretty awesome that I got to go on. And then I didn't feel so bad that I won the contest. However, I know that there's people who've won the contest that are kind of wondering what's the point of winning the contest when anybody can go on it.
0: I'm wondering if maybe that wasn't just um, a spontaneous decision by some management um, at the end, you know, somewhere during the day saying, you know, okay, this has been successful so far. Why don't we just go ahead and go live for the rest of the day and see what it's like?
1: Because I was really disappointed I didn't win. And then I realized I've gone on it before people who've won the contest.
2: Right. And And regular. Yeah, see, because I won the contest and I don't get to ride the Disneyland version. For
1: another week yeah and I was there the first day with everybody else and I mean you had to wait for them to go on and then I got there around 4 p.m. and sure enough it was just regular people in line and um so I don't want to give just if anybody's concerned about I, I won't give too much away because I know this is an exciting attraction so I'll share a little bit but if you're worried about it then you can you know fast forward this so you don't hear anything really awesome that it that Star Tours has which are a lot of awesome things. I will tell you that it was a true sneak preview because it broke down 30 seconds in for us. <laughs> yeah. And It was funny because we were on, and to show you how good I think it is, I'm trying, without giving stuff away. I was sitting next to two cast members who had went on the cast member pre had, who had went who had gone on the cast member previews and came back before their work sh- before their shift to write it again.
3: So you were actually on the attraction.
1: Yeah. So, yes, I was actually on it, and um, they, um, yeah, we were, no, yeah, when it broke down, no, we were on the attraction, we're 30, about 30 seconds in, and all of a sudden, you know, we felt this big shake, and everybody, whoa, that's so intense, it's so much better, the lights just came on, and realized, oh, no, (laughs) yeah, we all kind of, and then we kind of joked about it, and then they, I thought, you know, because if you read on the sign, it says, sneak preview, flights can be canceled at any time, so my fear was, oh, great, now we're not going to get to finish. Because they could. They, I mean, it's it's not an official opening, so if it doesn't work, they can just say, okay, guys, we're done. But they did give, take us to another cabin, and we got to finish the, the attraction. And it's – I don't want to give stuff away, and I won't. Nope. Even though I do want to give stuff away, it's awesome. It is worth whatever they spent. And um, to show you – I'm not going to use what I think of it, but I talked to people at my school who um, – Were related to cast members in the cast member preview, and there's this one friend of mine who's not a big Disney fan, but um, she said, you know, that ride was so good that I didn't think I was riding a ride. And she's not the, you know, Disney fans that we are. She's kind of one of those, you know, skeptical, kind of negative on Disney, and she said, I want to go back to ride it to see that it was really a ride. Like, she felt so immersed in the 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 environment and stuff and and i do have to say i got to go on it twice and it was different both times there was a little bit of similarity but it was there was a whole different piece quote unquote that i got to experience the second time so that's pretty awesome hey can i
0: ask a question real quick since we're talking about the ride and feeling in the environment and stuff for all of us pukers out there um
2: (laughs) and you know who you are (laughs) that's actually a really good question no because
0: the old one you know after all those years it had gotten to the point where it was so jerky and so um nausea inducing that i couldn't even ride it anymore over the last couple years
1: well it's interesting you say that because my wife who's not nearly as wimpy when it comes to rides as i am and will go on anything but motion simulators sometimes give her problems and um Mm -hmm. So as soon as I went on it, I said, okay, get down here. It's it's open. Who knows when it's going to close, you know, thinking that it's a sneak preview. And so she, my son and her came down, and she said that it was not near – it wasn't as bad as the last one. Okay. Okay. So that she, I mean, she had a headache afterwards, but, of course, we hadn't eaten dinner because, you know, we – because, you know, in Maslow's was- hier- hierarchy of needs for a Disney fan, getting on Star Tours comes above, you know, eating. So – I'm sure I am like sure you would the hierarchy. You like that one? Okay, yeah, so, I do. Um, so going on Star Tours is more important than eating dinner, so I'm sure the headache kind of had to do with that. But she had had problems before, you know, when going on new simulators and everything, and she didn't have any – she said it, no, it was good, and she didn't have any problems. I, that doesn't mean that other people won't go on there and right. hurl. But I just I'm going to try
0: it once with some drama meme, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this.
3: So, Tony um, – what about the 3D aspect? Um, was that good? Thumbs up? Thumbs down? Beneficial? Not worth it? Oh what no! Your it, opinion?
1: It was really worth it, especially you'd gotten so used to that old film, and it was so everything was just so clear, and it was just so much better. Let, let, was,
2: me, let, let me jump in here, because I, I got to see it a couple, three times at Hollywood Studios in Florida, and the 3D was was realistic kind of like uh, when they did Toy Story 3 in 3D but it wasn't the gimmicky type of 3D it
0: wasn't 3D opinion. for the
1: sake of 3D
3: that's, yes that's my Muppet, Muppets 3D
1: exactly and, you know, what, and that, you know it's funny you said that because my friend that I was talking to that wasn't the big Disney fan said the same thing and I, if somebody who's not a big you know we my family likes to use the term have, have the foam number one finger for Disney she's not one of them like we are, yeah. and and said, you know what? The 3D wasn't gimmicky. She actually, that was interesting. That that's been brought up by multiple people. It was used correctly and well done. Yep. Not gimmicky. Okay. Well, okay. when Darth Vader did sneeze at you, that was kind of gimmicky. But oh, come on. Okay, that didn't really happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All those fans gonna be so disappointed.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and from what I hear. Everything I've been checking online, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media stuff, is it still soft-opened, if that's really a term, but it's, people are still going on it. So I know if you won the contest, you, hey, you can go now and get in line. And the line was long. I can't wait to see what it's going to be like when it's Im- officially open. Oh, my gosh.
0: And please write to Tony if it's not in soft opening when you get there. And please don't be mean to the poor cast members. Who no, stand in the front sign of
1: it. says flights may be canceled at any time.
0: That's right, and That's right. and it's not the cast members at the at the entrances' fault. No, so
1: it's not. So let's just stress
0: that because they take a they take a lot of abuse from people who are expecting to be soft opened.
1: Okay, okay.
0: there we go. Okay. Cool. So, love
2: it. Yes. Okay. I, I think it was a good refresh of the of the ride.
0: Okay. I, and, so- I,
2: you know, and I think it was familiar. It's it's still familiar enough for people who loved the old ride. It's
0: good stuff.
2: It's it's not breaking new ground. I mean, other than yeah, I mean the the new movie and stuff like that. But it's not it's not breaking new ground other than the 3D
1: effects. So it's it's still familiar for fans like Wayne. And as you said, and I, as you're saying, and I want to – without – I'm going to try to be covert about this, but they did a very good job, I felt, of having the people that are into the original trilogy, 4, 5, and 6, and then the and, – and combining it with 1, 2, and 3 without it being, oh, this is all with the new stuff and I can't stand it. Or, oh, this is all with the old stuff and they threw – it. they did a really good job, I thought, of mixing the two – sections of star wars you know the two the original the two ones.
0: universe the universes the, there the, you
1: go the good ones and there then the other go. ones well that's what i say too but um i thought they did a good job of putting it together with and it, it working well and not being too much on one side or the other
0: and if you've come from another planet where you really don't know what the heck we're talking about <laughs> four five six one two three you can go to dot com. <laughs> and find out anything you want to know about Star Wars and it is scary how much you can well, I will just tell saying. you
1: one of my friends at school who's a actually runs a Star Star Wars website and uh she uh went to the AP does she get she, out much I luckily she doesn't listen so no but um <laughs> but um so she um so she what do you call it she she went with a friend who was a cast member and then she asked me when i texted hey i went on it what lands did you go to i don't know the names of these places but i I explained what they were and then i immediately got the text back. well you went to blah 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 and blah 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 I went, oh that's what they were called and, I was, and well, can I'm i say that to was the place where the i don't want to say it because i don't want to give away but you know the place yeah. where these characters are or the place yeah. where these characters are and they knew, and you know, it's kind of sad. My son knew where those characters lived too. I was kind of disappointed there, but How that's many codes
3: okay. did you get to make?
1: I did two. Cool. And it was interesting that in the beginning I thought, "Oh, it's the same." Oh, it's not the same. You know, it was kind of a little surprise. So,
0: they, what, how many combinations did they say are available in it?
1: Fifty-four. <laughs> but that doesn't mean fifty-four locations. It's the permutations. Yeah.
0: Please do not eat churros and chimichangas before you ride it as many times as possible to see how many combinations. It's like
1: two times three times six times. Yeah. Two, yeah, my wife, the math teacher, explained that to me as we were in line. Why there was fifty-four? I was like, okay.
2: Yeah, we 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 got to hear from Kathy Rogers, the senior producer for the Disney Hollywood Studios version, and she was telling us you know that it's fifty-four versions, and if you wanted to ride them all, it would take you six hours. But I don't recommend it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Cool. There you go. Okay, well, that sounds like that'll do it for that topic. Let's move on to Tom, who has been keeping us all in suspense about whatever he's going to talk about today. So here we go.
2: Uh, no, no, no suspense. I just w- wanted to get some feedback from you guys about uh, some thoughts I had.
0: Well, and spontaneous uh, feedback is always the best. That's what I'm thinking. Okay.
2: Hope it doesn't just go in the toilet. That's, that's all.
0: Um, My hosting job already has, so go for it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, as as I just said, I I got back from just got back from Orlando. Uh, spent some time at Disney World and attended D 23s Destination D event, which was celebrating uh, Disney World's fortieth anniversary. How was it? It was good. There, there's things they need to work on, and, and they they made some improvements. At the one here, they had the concert at on the end of the first night instead of the, the as the finale and so they made that change but by making that change they had all the big guns all the imagineers and everything on Sunday and all the authors and historians and archivists on Saturday so it was not not a balanced not a balanced show and the the other thing that i thought was interesting was the lack of presence from the Um, Disney World, all Disney World Resort, Powers That Be. Hmm. Because at Destination D here, we got an hour basically with George Calagridis being interviewed and talking about what's going on with with Disneyland.
0: And for folks who are not familiar?
2: Uh, George Calagridis is the president of the Disneyland Resort. And at Disney World, we got two of the ambassadors and that was about it.
0: That's kind of surprising. I mean, aren't no, they no, the host?
2: Not, no, it's not really. This, I mean, who?
0: I mean, I, I mean, you'd think the host, the host park, and the host resort would certainly send a higher level executive than you, you would think. The ambassadors, yeah. Yeah,
2: but then again, you
0: know. Okay. Who's, anyway, who's, who's
2: running Disney World? Um. So before the trip, I I knew I wanted to come back with a segment for this podcast. I wanted some big revelation, you know just to prove I was there. I Initially, I was going to try to ride all the duplicate rides, and since we all know Disneyland's better, I was going to try to find something that was actually better at Disney World. Well, that plan kind of changed after my first session of Destination D. One of the speakers said something that kind of hit home for me, so I wanted to bring it up to the three of you and get your thoughts on it. (laughs) The speaker was (laughs) Becky Klein. She's the director of the Walt Disney Archives. And she, along with uh, historian Paul Anderson, they were doing a presentation on Weird Disney, showing all kinds of old clips from the 70s, which explains it all right there. Um, But she wanted to make sure that the Disney World fans knew that although she was presenting Weird Disney, that she wasn't making fun of or she wasn't downplaying the importance of the Walt Disney World history. Like I said before, while she was doing that, she said something that I thought was interesting course i don't have the audio of the comments because you can't record things while you're in these sessions and i would suck at trying to quote her so i gave her office a call and she agreed to talk to me about it and so i'm going to play a clip for you okay of what she said to the uh, she I asked her i asked her to paraphrase what she said to the disney world fans and this is what she had to say
4: i did want to explain that that um I, I grew up on the West Coast. I'm, I'm from California. I was born and raised in, in actually near Glendale. I was born in Glendale and raised nearby. And I have been going to Disneyland since I was a very small child. And you know, I, I experienced all the kind of wacky things at Disneyland that that are you know truly weird. Like you know, I rode the flying saucers and how I went in the House of the Future. And and uh, I, I actually got Fritos from the Frito Kid and. So I remember those things fondly, but they are a little bizarre when you look at pictures of them. And so I I understood how people at Walt Disney World felt, and I I just wanted to assure them that being a West Coaster and having gone to Disneyland all my life, I don't have an emotional, particular emotional attachment to those early things. I know people love Horizons and Kitchen Cabaret and, and Mickey's Review and things like that, and what I told the audience was that from an intellectual point of view, I'm, I'm a historian and I absolutely understand um, the interest and I understand the you know, what those attractions were and what they meant to people and, and I know the history behind them, but I just don't have that deep emotional attachment to them that many of them there did. So that was kind of my caveat so I wouldn't get booed actually.
2: <laughs> so the thing that struck me with, with what she said was the whole emotional versus intellectual thing. And we'll talk about that in a second, but I have one more clip. And I asked her to, you know, like she said, she's been around for, she's been with the company 22 years. I asked her, do you still, when you walk down Main Street, Main Street, is there still magic there?
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Disneyland for me is, you know, I, gosh, it's really hard to describe. I went, I went very often to Disneyland as a child. I didn't live in Orange County, but I did live in L.A. County which we're, we're about 35 miles north of Disneyland. And as a child, I didn't have anybody in my family that worked there or anything, and they didn't have annual passes, so it wasn't like the people that go all the time. But we had family that would come in from out of state, and every every summer they would come on their vacation, and we would go as a family to Disneyland. And then, of course, my father worked for Lockheed, and so we had Lockheed night, and, oh, we'd save up money, and we'd go, you know, Girl Scout days, or my brother's you know Boy Scout troop would go, or... You know, it, our church would go for a special night, you know, so we, we ended up going, you know, many, many times during the year, um, usually for evening events, but very often, you know, we'd go for a couple days at a time, sometimes stay at the hotel if we were very lucky. But, um you know, it was, it's, it's my childhood memories, and my mom passed away many years ago, and so some of the best memories I have with her are the things that we, we shared on Main Street at Disneyland, watching Tinkerbell, you know, and looking at the twinkle lights in the, the hub and, you know, just the things that I remember doing with her, you know, sort of very, very special to me. And so every time I walk down Main Street, no matter how many times I do it, I have those, you know, childhood memories. But, of course, being with the company for 22 years now, I've sung in candlelight for the last, you know, 15 of those years. So I, I have that emotional attachment with the holidays. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. And and I do get that feeling at, at Walt Disney World as well. And, and I, I, you know, at the other parks, I do get that, that emotional feeling, even though it's not a childhood memory. I, um, you know, I've been there enough now that it's part of my life. And, and uh, you know, I get the emotional attachment to, you know, I'm, I'm very emotionally attached to, to many of the, the rides at Walt Disney World now. But I just, I never experienced the older ones because I didn't go to Disneyland until I was, or Walt Walt Disney World until I was 35.
2: So I want to know what you guys think. Do you still get that magical feeling when you walk down Main Street at Disneyland? And to follow up, do you get that same feeling when you walk down Main Street at the Magic Kingdom?
3: I need a whole segment to go over this.
2: (laughs) I was was going to go first to you, Wayne.
3: Yes, I'm I'm done. Just kidding. I'm serious. Um, The answer is, of course. Of course, in spades. And at both places equally. In fact, the last time I was um, at Disney World, and now, y'all have seen me, You, you know I'm not exactly your spring chicken here. By the time I checked in and headed to the Magic Kingdom, went under the tunnel and hit Main Street... I wanted to do that Mary Tyler Moore, throw the arms out in the (laughs) air and spin around three times. I was so giddy, I couldn't stand it. And, of course, you have to flip that around to the end when you're leaving. It's like, okay, this is the last time I'm going to see whatever castle it is. And sure enough, you just stand there and pause and, okay, I'm going to go now. Yeah, it's, it's, extremely, it's extremely emotional. It, it's, it is very, very magical when you do it.
0: See, I'm going to take this from a different perspective because unlike you guys who started out here at Disneyland, I actually started out as a Walt Disney Worlder. Um, back in 89 I was 23 the first time I went now I was six from the very first time I went to Disneyland but that was the only time I had gone to Disneyland until the 40th anniversary so for me going to Disney World you know four or five times a year so at, at my peak attendance um it was a very comforting place for me, but when I started when I moved here to Los Angeles, it became a whole other ball game. Um, all of a sudden, you know, Disneyland grew and grew, and I actually had been interested in the original in the origins of Disneyland, corresponding with. Um, The, you know, history of Disney World. In fact, I knew more about the history of Disneyland than I did the history of Disney World, even though I went there first. So... You know, it's, I've got that, that evolution. She talks about, um, you know, coming to grow in love and become emotionally attached to the things at Walt Disney World. That was kind of what happened to me. And now we have all those family memories. We have our wedding at the Grand Californian back in 2001. We have, you know, walking. So
2: you're, you're kind of backwards. You spent your childhood at Disney World.
0: Well, not really a childhood, but, okay. you know, I came into Disney World as a full-fledged adult paying for my own vacation for the very first time. I, I came to Disneyland when I was six, and I was so enamored with It's a Small World. That when I went to Disney World and saw It's a Small World in, back in 89, I was like, is that it? I was searching for that big white and gold building, and I couldn't find it. And I was and so And where were
3: sad. you living at the time?
0: I was living in St. Louis, Missouri.
3: Okay, so like me... Neither one of us lived either close to Disneyland or close to Florida. Right. See, I grew up in Texas. I was in the Midwest also. And so it was equally special to go one coast or the other. Oh, and I okay. did I I did both. I visited Disneyland first and then Disney World a year later, both while still living in the Midwest and both while as an adult. So that's actually another point um, that that she brought up, which was, it would have been cool to grow up and have the, some of those memories as a kid.
2: Yeah. All right, Mister Mister SoCal over there, Tony. What? Yeah. Okay. In. Well, I've got uh, it's I've
1: a different perspective too, um, because I mean, growing up in San Diego, I don't think I went but a couple of times, and a lot, most of my Disney life has been since I met my wife and we were dating, and then my my immediate family. What's interesting is that as you guys were talking, I realized my entire family's existence as a unit, our little family, you know, my son, my wife, Disney is involved with all of it. It's the one thread that goes through it, not to be a, uh, I'm thinking of, was it? Field of Dreams, Ray, baseball, goes through the whole thing. That's what I'm thinking of. Disneyland goes through our, Disney, and Disney World, and Disneyland goes through our entire, um, existence as a family. But, um, to me, so when we would come up, or if when I go, it's it's quick. It's something we do that we love and everything. And I have to say, and I know it's going to be sacrilege, that I didn't have that magical feeling. Just oh, I love Disneyland. It's fun. It's great. It's something we do. But don't worry, I'm going to come full full circle with this. Going to Disney World, there's a different emotional connection because mm-hmm. it's we're okay. We're saving up for it. We're planning for it. It's two years. Okay, and. and how many months we're making the chain, and it's it's not Main Street. It's everything is Disney World. So as soon as you drive, I don't know, I forget what the corridor or whatever is, but you see the big sign. This is welcome to Walt Disney World. And knowing that you're this whole city is immersed is pretty exciting. Being from out here,
2: yeah.
1: But then when I did the double coast thing, and we walked back in Disneyland, we all like my wife and I were discussing that 1130 that night when we got in, we're like, got that little like teary eyed feel like, like this is home. Like this is the original. And you realize as great as I love Disney world, Disney worlds made me appreciate Disneyland more Mm -hmm. because I go, this is the one, this is where Walt was. This is, yes, we have the small castle, but that's how it starts. That's, that's the first castle. And, and now I have to say, because of Disney World, I have that, I have, a I like, not that this sounds strange, my relationship with Disneyland changed because of Disney World. I have a, a much more of an emotional connection to it now, not just because of my family and all that, but because I appreciate it more for what it is now because I've spent enough time in Disney World to appreciate what it is. You know, like, yeah. kind of like the, the older brother that... Okay, we weren't that close, and you know, and now, oh, now I now I see what you've been doing this whole time. So yeah, now I have I, I that's that's there's there's my answer for that. I've
3: I got a to... side question for everybody. I grew up coming from amusement parks, from theme parks. When I was growing up, my young kid memories were from going to Six Flags Over Texas or to the State Fair or to the County Fair. It wasn't. Until years later that I actually experienced a Disney park, even though I was a Disney fan of the movies and the you know TV show and and like that, were any of you two questions were any of you theme park enthusiasts prior to or at the same time going to disney and did the did the interest and the memories and the experience you have? coincide with other theme parks or just with Disney parks.
1: I can answer that one. Because my family loved hardcore roller coasters and I didn't. <laughs> so um <laughs> the, like they went to Magic Mountain, Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia and mm-hmm. Knott's Berry Farm and I to be honest, now that you as soon as you said that one, you know, I don't have any like special like oh great, like I don't have that same It's interesting, it's subtle and it's kind of subconscious but when you start talking about it yeah I remember we probably went to Knott's Berry Farm like three or four times and Magic Mountain maybe you know like five you know so once a year I was at one of them and no nothing special like I really I can't think I can't remember any special time or whatever and when we went back if I've gone back within the last decade it wasn't like oh I remember no
3: Fun, but not magic.
1: But yeah, but you know what's funny is I can re- I have this vivid memory of I think hopefully it's not one of those created ones where you've seen enough pictures of um I think when did the house of the future go away?
3: Oh, don't remember. No, don't remember.
1: Anybody know? Please tell me it wasn't like until like. Seventy nine, eighty,
3: maybe. It must have been gone by seventy eight or so, because I never saw it, and I first okay. came okay. to Disneyland in seventy. But I
1: have a few like memories of things that I think were that, like from when I was like three or four. I think we went when I, I think it was we went in seventy seven, or so. So maybe I'm not. Maybe it's totally bogus. But in my mind, it's like re, like I, re, I have little Disneyland memories that I don't have. They're so good. They do it subconsciously, like subconsciously.
0: Adventures in Inner Space is like that for me because I have a vivid memory of writing. Um, a, a, that's not the name of it. What was the name of it? Correct me. That is the name of it. It, it was it. Adventures yeah. in yeah. Inner Space. Yes. Yeah. I, I remember going through the microscope, and I remember um, seeing the molecules, and I was six. I, that was back in 72, and I remember seeing the House of the Future, but I don't remember going in it or anything like that.
3: Well, how about you, Tom? Where 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 was your history with theme parks versus Disney?
2: When as growing up, we vacationed everywhere. I mean, we Disneyland was there, uh, Six Flags Magic Mountain, Great America. I've been the Bay Area. We did a lot of camping and, and went to the coast and things like that. So Disneyland was just a, a part of it. It wasn't until my wife and I started dating in the mid-90s that we became Disneyland-exclusive fans.
3: Just Do you remember if there yeah. was magic attached to the other kinds of theme parks and attractions?
2: No, not at all.
3: Just fun? Yeah. Just fun? Yeah. See, I think we're all going to tell pretty much the same story, and I think the millions of fans out there are going to say exactly the same thing, that this is definitely what sets the Disney experience apart from everything else. Like Tony, I'm a coaster nut, too, and will still, any chance I get, go to a regular theme park and coaster myself to death.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. No, so it was Six Flags Mid-America for me. That was my nightmare. And when I walked into into a Disney park, I felt like like almost everything was for me. Nothing made me sick. Nothing made me. I felt included.
1: Okay, and I don't want to get, you know, too uh, emotional here, but yeah. as a, you know, especially, you know, when I'm 11 and 12 and all the guys are supposed to be going on these hardcore rides and I'm scared to go on these hardcore rides. My wife still makes fun of me. But anyways, and, and you know that age and you want to be tough and everything, Disneyland was the one place that when we went as eighth graders, I could go and be tough enough to go on everything. And that no, that meant a lot to me actually, too. And that part might be part of the, you know, and it's the one where everybody can go on everything.
0: Yeah.
3: So if you had to pick right now, knowing that we're essentially West Coasters, all four of us, if you had to pick right now, which park gives you the most magic?
1: Magic Kingdom specifically versus Disneyland or the whole...
3: The whole experience. Take it take it to whatever you want. If you had a choice, I'm like gonna right sound now.
0: like I'm I'm gonna sound like I'm waffling, but I say that's a really unfair magic comparison.
2: Let me answer then.
0: Okay. This, Go ahead.
2: This this I think kind of triggered why I wanted to talk about this. Um I got there on Wednesday, went to Epcot Wednesday night. Thursday morning I was at Magic Kingdom, eight, 8 o'clock in the morning, extra magic hours, park was opening. Um, They did the the whole entrance thing, the train, you know, song, dance, everything. Go through that tunnel, I'm like, this just isn't right. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't home? That. It wasn't home. I mean, you know, Disneyland, I'm hearing the music, I'm walking in time to the music, and it's just Main Street. And here it was like, okay, this is too big. I don't know where anything is. It's just not familiar. I'm going to leave and go to Animal Kingdom.
3: Same for everyone else?
0: I, um, I, I can I not go that far. I can kind of buy the I have a hard time between both parks. You know, if I'm in one one week... And I've done that. I've gone to one one weekend, and then the next weekend I was in Disney World. And um, it's... You get lost. It just doesn't feel the same. And then you go back, and you're like, wait, there was a shortcut path here, and it's not here, and the store isn't where it's supposed to be. And, And, yeah, there's... There's that warmth of the of the size scaling that Disneyland has. There, it it nestles you. It doesn't make you feel like you're in a place that's too big and kind of not right.
1: In, ter- in terms of Magic Kingdom versus Disneyland, I like specific rides mm-hmm. at Magic Kingdom maybe better, or I just happen to like like uh, Liberty Square because I like that architecture, yeah. you know. But. Um, in terms of like you're saying, the whole Main Street, and yeah, to me, Magic Kingdom is a, is not Disneyland. It's a copy. It's like it's like the generic version of Disneyland. I know I'm gonna get in trouble for that, but no, it's not the it's not the same thing. Disneyland it, is apples Disney and oranges. Land. It is. It's, it's apples not, and oranges. It is. It's it's. They have a Main Street, but it's not the Main Street. Like it, it, the, the the whole experience at Disney World. No, I would love. I love the whole experience because you are in with both feet, and everywhere you look, you are disney which I like. And I like the fact that I don't go outside and see the Motel 6 or the McDonald's.
3: Okay, so I'm going to cap it off with, with where I am with this. Disneyland is home, and that's where most of the magic is. But there are some gems that make Disney World for me top of the food chain. I'm there by myself a couple of years ago. This is the first time I've been in many, many years. It's late at night. I'm at the Magic Kingdom and I didn't even know about this. But the music started and the voice came on and mm. later I found out this was called the Goodnight Kiss. Yep. Well, folks, I lost it right there in the hub. I had to bury myself in the corner because it got to me, and it got to me big. I wouldn't trade that magic for the world. And if I have to go to Florida to get it, that's where it is. But I can still find it here at home, too. And I think that's the most important part of of this whole discussion is find where your magic is. Well said.
1: Fade out to the lovely
3: music and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> cool questions Tom
0: that was a really great segment I'm so glad you surprised us with that one
2: well thank you all for indulging me on that um, I, also, I, also, uh, I also have to thank Becky Klein for the inspiration and for chatting with me on such short notice
0: well, I guess that'll do it for this week's Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Make sure you tune into our Orlando team as they bring you their usual roundtable news and rapid fires, as well as full coverage of the official opening of Star Tours, The Adventures Continue, at Disney Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. Thanks for listening.